Hey, this is Brandon J. Clack, and you're tuned into Game Changer. What's going on, everybody? It's Brandon J. Clack here on all of your social media platforms, and this is another edition of Game Changer. Now, this conversation is probably going to hit you right in the gut. Uh, I want to talk to you about having forgiveness and saying farewell. A lot of times when we get messed up and we go through hurt and we go through pain, it takes us a while to forgive. Now, let me just pause and say I'm so grateful that Jesus didn't need time to forgive us, you know, like we need time and you know, give me a few days. I'll forgive you in a little bit. I am so glad that Jesus does not have to go through a process of forgiveness when it comes to my mess. I'm glad that he was able to forgive me once and for all. It didn't take him six weeks. You know, I I can call him and he still answers. And I'm so grateful that the blood of Jesus and the love of Jesus is strong enough to forgive me the moment I ask for forgiveness. But the reality of that is, is that some of us are still struggling with forgiving people immediately. This kind of conversation that I want to have with you is really a heart check because I do think that it is possible to forgive someone and move on from that type of relationship. Now, hear me out. Now, there are some relationships that when you forgive, you do get reconnected and the relationship is restored and it may not be what it was. Maybe it's even better, especially speaking from a marital context, especially if you and your spouse get into it or something happens that has the possibility to sever the relationship. I personally believe that marriage is strong enough to really come back from anything. And so it is quite possible for you to kind of make amends with your spouse and the relationship actually grow and be better than ever before because you learned each other and you know each other in a totally different way. So if you're out there listening to me and you just got into it with your boo, be encouraged. It is possible to bounce back from anything if both parties are willing to work to get better. But in this particular kind of conversation that we're having is that sometimes because of the severity of the offense, it is okay to forgive and say farewell. I want I want you to consider this one thought that you just because you get restored, it doesn't mean reunite. Restoration does not always mean reunite. Now, hear me. If you're trying to move on and say goodbye and you still have bitterness in your heart, you ain't done yet. Unpack your bags, go have a conversation and fix the offense. But if you know that your heart is pure and you're saying, listen, I don't have anything against you. I just don't know how to reconnect because of the severity of the offense, then it is okay for you to move on. Restoration does not always mean reunite. I want you to consider this particular thought, especially if you were in sin. Now, 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 don't start acting all holy. You know what sin is. The thing that separates us from God, that breaks his heart and his commandments and separates us from him. So if you have sinning running mates, for instance, if you used to struggle with marijuana, Mary Jane, Puff Puff Pass, Blunts, uh, Roaches, uh, all of the little weed stuff, all of that stuff. If you struggled with that and your best friend is a 
weed head and and something happens, it's possible that because you're trying to walk in a new way, that that new way of walking for you can be offensive to the person who still loves to puff, puff, pass. So it's possible that in order for you to maintain your convictions, you may have to separate from that particular individual. Now, they might like it. Yo, I forgive you. No hard feelings. But we can't be running mates and I keep my restoration. Hear me. If you are connected to anything that reintroduces you to your sin cycle, that is not the running mate that's going to maintain restoration. Now, I want to draw your attention to John chapter 8, 9 through 11. It is the woman that is caught in adultery. And I want you to think about this thought. That woman gets gets yanked out of the bed of adultery by her accusers and they bring her naked and bare before Jesus. And Jesus does the classic line. He draws a line in the sand. He begins to write something. And when he looks up, he says, yo, fellas, uh, let the first person that is without sin throw your stones at this woman that was caught up in some mess, whatever. You know, if y'all ain't got no sin, y'all be the first ones to kill her. And Jesus looks up and he says, look up, woman, by the way, where are all of your accusers? None of them threw a stone at you because it's possible all of them were caught up in some mess. And if you really read that text, the Bible talks about how their conscience was messed up. And it's possible that maybe the guys that pulled her out of the bed was probably in the bed with her. You know, let me just take a quick rabbit trail. You got to be careful about condemning people that you doing the same stuff that they doing too. But that's a whole nother story because it is an insecure somebody that could try to kill somebody and you know you got your hands in the same cookie jar all right let's move on okay and so jesus says hey you know nobody's accusing you nobody's gonna throw any stones at you watch what he says your sins are forgiven you go and sin no more. Now, isn't it interesting that her accusers that pulled her out of that bed of adultery, she does not walk back home with them. She has forgiveness, but she says farewell. Notice what Jesus says. He says, man, you're forgiven, lady. Your adultery, it's bad, but it's forgiven. No hard feelings. We're going to act as if it never happened. You are forgiven. You can go your way. Just don't sin anymore. He's saying, forgive those guys that you were in that bed with, you be healed from that, but you don't need to have another conversation. No, you don't need to go back to Starbucks. No, you don't need to go to, uh, to, to, to the prom day. You don't need to do anything that reconnects you with something that had you so intoxicated with your sin that it separated you from the presence of God. I want to encourage you. Sometimes restoration doesn't mean reunite with your old running mates, but restoration always reunites you with the presence of God. Well, you're saying, Brandon, how do I know who I'm supposed to reunite with? How do I know when I've got real forgiveness? You know you can reunite when that person wants Jesus just as much as you do. If you're both willing to walk away from the thing that had you slipping, tripping, cussing, fussing, if you're both willing to walk away from that and walk towards Jesus, it's possible that you can reunite. But I'm telling you right now, if that thing has both parties going in different directions, don't you let your loneliness, your frustration, your irritation, don't you let any of that stuff make you reconnect because somebody's making you feel bad. Of course, them dudes that 
was in that bed with that adulterous woman. Of course they wanted her back. She was doing stuff that they probably ain't never seen before. She was doing jumping jacks, back flips, splits, uh, gar gurgling. You know, I don't know what the woman of God was doing. Of course they're going to want it back. Listen to me. Don't let your dysfunction for flattery make you go back to flaws. Flattery can lead you to flaws. When the door opens and you find an escape route, you better just tie your shoes, run up out of that thing, and say, Lord, bring me some brand new friends. All right, this is Brandon J. Clack on all of your social media platforms. I hope that this conversation was beneficial to you. Please remember, sometimes restoration means you can't reconnect. I'll holler at you soon. Peace.